That's not just the sound of that first sip of Morning Joe. It's the sound of someone shopping for a car on Carvana from the comfort of home. That's a good blend. It's time to take it easy, like answering some easy questions to get pre-qualified for a car in minutes. Talk about starting the morning right. Just like customizing your terms so your car fits your budget. Mm, mm, mm. Visit Carvana.com or download the app to experience car shopping the way it should be. Convenient. Comfortable. Ah. Hi, everyone. Judge Andrew Napolitano here for Judging Freedom. Today is Thursday, February 2nd, 2023. It's about 10 minutes after 2 in the afternoon here on the East Coast of the United States. My guest today coming from a snowy Austin, Texas. I didn't know it snowed anywhere in Texas, is Owen Schroyer. Owen is the host of The War Room with Owen Schroyer on InfoWars. You know what that means. And on Twitter, Owen Schroyer Live. Owen and I had the pleasure of working together uh, when I was on InfoWars with Alex Jones in what was then a sunny and warm Austin just two weeks ago. But Owen, it's a pleasure. Welcome to the show. Thank you. And yeah, Judge, this is what we get for causing global warming. We've been under a sheet of ice in the last two days here in Austin. That that darn global warming, Judge, it just continues <laughs> to wreak havoc here. Unbelievable. I'd love to hear the other side. I'd love to hear John Kerry uh, explain that one, but but let's let's not uh, go there for now. Yeah, you look in the sky. Maybe he's up there in a jumbo jet somewhere. Right, right. Burning fuel, a jumbo jet that his wife owns. <laughs> you and I and Alex and, and Ron Paul and a lot of the people that do this for a living, we're uh, on the same mind on the futility and absurdity of American uh, military assistance to Ukraine. Uh, we both believe that it's doing nothing but extending the war and causing uh, more deaths. I want to play for you a clip from Admiral John Kirby. Admiral Kirby, as you may know, is the official spokesperson for the Pentagon, though in this clip he's speaking from the White House because it's right after, it's just a few days old, it's right after President Biden announced uh, that the U.S. will be sending uh, tanks to Ukraine. Tanks we know that are not going to get there for five or six months, but I want you to hear one of the questions and hear his answer. President Biden has said since the very beginning of this conflict that we take our Article 5 commitments to NATO seriously. Article 5, of course, is the notion that an attack on one is an attack on all. Uh, and we take that seriously. In fact, we take it so seriously that President Biden ordered an additional 20,000 American troops alone onto the European continent, and they still are there. Now, we'll be rotating them on, 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 in and out, but it'll the, 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 the net number of 100,000 American troops on the European continent has stayed the same and will stay the same for the foreseeable future. Sounds like uh, old Joe and his globalist uh, State Department and woke Department of Defense are itching for World War III. You know, there's two things that stick out from me, uh, for me from that clip, and that's his mention of this article in NATO, when you attack one, you attack all. Is this presuming that Ukraine is a part of NATO now? Oh, is that what the, we're supposed I, to... I had the exact same reaction, Owen, the first time I saw that. It is really absurd for him to say that. Maybe he knows something that we don't. Maybe NATO has secretly admitted 
uh, Ukraine. Um, maybe he's talking about, well, we're going to defend Poland if Russia attacks Poland. I don't know. It was absurd the way he put it. I'm sorry for interrupting you. I just had to jump on that point. Go ahead. Yeah, I mean, it, it, it either is him maybe tipping the hand here or misspeaking and not clarifying, but certainly uh, something that should be shocking. You think the American media in the room would have at least made a noise, like a shriek or something, uh, but crickets there. I guess we shouldn't be too surprised. And, you know, I'm not – we knew there have been troops in Europe. There are always troops in Europe. We knew that they sent more troops to Europe back last year in uh, in and around spring – Joe Biden and others actually gave a speech to those troops, but they were saying, hey, don't worry, you're not going to be going in, you're just going to be training people. So now the fact that they're bringing that up again and they're talking about tens of thousands of troops, again, to me, this is like Kirby kind of showing their hand here, like, no, we're getting troops ready for combat, is what this is. sounds like it's getting us ready for, greasing the skids for, is having troops ready for combat. I really don't like the direction that any of this is going right now, and it's sad that it seems to be Trump from Florida, the only one opening up his mouth to say, let's try for peace. You know, um, it's interesting, Owen, to your point, they used to call uh, troops that were sent there just for training or to train the foreign government's troops, like in Vietnam. They used to call them advisors, but Admiral Kirby didn't hesitate to call them troops. So there's 100,000 U.S. troops at the ready uh, in Europe. 40,000 are in Poland training with 90,000 Polish troops. The president of Poland is crazy. The president of Poland thinks that NATO should invade Ukraine to re remove the Russians from Crimea. You talk about World War uh, III. I fear uh, Joe Biden, Tony Blinken, Secretary of State, Lloyd Austin, the Secretary of Defense, getting locked up in this uh, crazy NATO um, uh, atmosphere that maybe it's time for these troops to cross the Polish border uh, into uh, Ukraine. There is just, as I see it, no sentiment whatsoever, at least not appreciable, not measurable, uh, amongst the American public for American troops on the ground. You know, a year ago, most people probably didn't even know who Vladimir Zelensky was, let alone much about him. Now we have a pretty good idea about who and what he is, and it's not such a good thing. I think it looks maybe even worse now that he's been working with the Biden crime family and others, perhaps even as far back as the Trump impeachment. Maybe that phone call was a setup, but not to get off track. I just bring up who Zelensky is, because now we're looking at, as you said, this seemingly crazed president of Poland who is itching for a war almost. And he seems to me the only European country that really wants this war with Russia. I mean, Germany basically had to be begged and pleaded with to send these tanks. They were basically drug across that finish line only with the agreement from Biden that we'll send tanks too. I think Germany may already be regretting cutting a deal with Biden on that situation. So I look at the president of Poland and I'm thinking, what are we going to know more about this guy in a year? Is he kind of go going to go from a mysterious character to now we know more about him in a year, just like the uh, tr trend of Zelensky in you Ukraine? Know, we we have on the show uh, a guy who, who's been a friend of mine for a number of years, uh, and my audience loves to hate him. Oh my God, the the message board is filled with things that I couldn't possibly repeat. Jack Devine, uh, Jack is a retired career. CIA officer, very high ranking. He was in charge of 
spying on Russian intelligence agents in Russia and spying on Russian intelligence agents uh, in the United States. And he's written a couple of books about it. Jack means, makes no bones about the fact that it is the goal of the American State Department and Defense Department to drive Putin from office because they think he's a monster and whoever replaces him will be a Democrat. I, I think they're crazy, but at least he's admitting uh, what their goal is. I just wonder how far they're willing to go to drive Putin from office. Uh, that great humanitarian Senator Lindsey Graham has argued, we should, I can't even say this with a straight face, should send a hit squad to Moscow like they'd really get out with their, with their heads attached to their necks. A hit squad to, to Moscow to assassinate Putin. No, it's a completely crazy thing. And there's so many questions that we have to ask ourselves, I think, when we look at this. Like, one, and I love the way that Colonel McGregor actually stated this. I believe it was on your show. I don't have to convince somebody that Germany is no longer run by Nazis. We all understand that. Why do I have to try to convince people that Russia is not run by oppressive communists like it once was? Whatever you think about Putin, that's just not the case. But then getting to Putin, Clearly, the American media, the American academia, the American government just doesn't understand Vladimir Putin. And, and I don't even know if they've made an effort or an attempt to understand who Vladimir Putin is, what Vladimir Putin is, and, and his view towards all of this and his upbringing that put him in this position to be the leader of Russia. But, you know, to draw back from all of that, Judge, I think there's one there, there's I like to I like to really drill down and get to the, the the baseline logic here. And if you get down to it, usually you'll find it doesn't make sense. The situation in Russia is a perfect example. Why is Russia the boogeyman? Why is Vladimir Putin the boogeyman? Because we're supposed to believe they're they're oppressive communists that want to oppress the Russian people and it's oligarchs that run the whole system and you know they're denying people they're they're just due and all of this stuff. And I'm sitting here and I'm scratching my head and I'm saying, even if that's true, though, all things considered, it's it's mostly not true. I mean, there's an element of truth there. But even though, even though, aside from that debate, are, are we not the ones going into this system? Are we not the ones being right. introduced to the communist system? Uh, you can't have meat. We're going to put a cap on how much uh, produce you can make at your farm. We're, I mean, we're the ones going under this communist oligarchy we'll, where John Kerry and Al Gore fly around the globe telling you you can't fly around the globe. So when I hone in on the logic of it, None of it makes sense. And, you know, the one thing I think that the media is starting to lose control of, and that's the mind of the American people. I don't think they're going to be able to sell people this war so easily as they have in the past, whether it was Bush or even Obama at times. I don't think they're going to be able to sell this war to the American people so easily. And they usually think going to war increases their approval rating. I don't think that's the truth. I don't think that's the case anymore, Judge. So the media... Uh, according to Colonel McGregor and Scott Ritter and um, Phil Giraldi, one of the good guys who, who actually quit the CIA the day he told George Bush personally that Saddam Hussein had no weapons of mass destruction and Bush threw him out of the Oval Office. According to these folks, the media is mouthing what the CIA and MI6, British intelligence, are giving them. And I'm sorry to say even many, not all, of my former colleagues of Fox News uh, are doing the same thing. 
But no matter what the media says, no matter how they try and turn Vladimir Putin into Emmanuel Goldstein, you remember who that was? That was Big Brother's real name in 1984, Orwell's novel, where thousands of people would go into a public square to curse and condemn a huge picture of Emmanuel Goldstein. Of course, he didn't exist, but it's the way the government got people on their side by creating and naming and condemning an artificial uh, enemy. You know, we, we're filled with artificial uh, enemies. Uh, Saddam Hussein, COVID, now, uh, now Vladimir Putin. Um, there doesn't seem to be any question in my mind, and I doubt there is any in yours, that this is what uh, the government wants. When all else fails, they take you to war. And even though you're right, there will be no support for war. War is often the health of the state, and one of the reasons given to it is it arouses patriotism in people. I can't imagine any patriotism behind what Lindsey Graham uh, has been saying about why we should be fighting this war. Well, I think it's going to be. I think it's going to be hard for Democrats to sell patriotism to anybody after they kneel for the flag and tell you how bad the country is. But you know, I, I want to just step back for a second and get to the issue of these boogeymen that get put in front of us because this is a big issue that I really need. I think the youth of America needs to understand, and I got a pretty good sized youth audience, and I and I really want them to understand these messages because it goes against what they're being taught, sadly, in the education system. And this is what collectivists do, Judge. This is what collectivists do. They give you a boogeyman so that you can be afraid of that boogeyman so they come in to rescue you. Racism is the perfect example. Why does the left love race so much and racism so much? Because it's the boogeyman that they put out there that they're going to save you from and rescue you from, even though it doesn't even exist. But getting back to the issue of war, Judge, this is I think this is what the, the thinking intellectual American has realized, sadly, is whenever the deep state or a corrupt government gets into times of trouble like they're currently in, whether it's economic or personal or anything, they go to war. They take us to war. They bomb a bridge like Bill Clinton did to get the headlines off of him. And But we're not in a situation dealing with an Afghanistan. We're not in a situation dealing with a, a bombing in, in Serbia or anything like that. We're talking about Russia. And it's not a downtrodden Russia. It's not, it's not the same Russia even of the Cold War. We're talking about Russia who's been able to negotiate themselves geopolitically onto the table, cutting deals with China and Saudi Arabia and others that are now forming a system against uh, the the rise of the West. And they're kind of having their own rise with the BRICS system. Now we know that basically a deal has been cut under the table where the Iranians are making drones for Russia. Thank you, Barack Obama, by the way. He gave Iran that drone technology. And so what happens? Israel goes in and bombs the drone factory so Russia can't get get its drone. So We're looking at Joe Biden covering up the secret documents. We're looking at Americans questioning their elections, wondering how people get in power that nobody even likes. And so what's going to be the ultimate distraction? You can't pay your energy bill. You can't pay your mortgage. Take the country to war. But this isn't Afghanistan. This this is Russia, a very serious nuclear power. And, and, And sadly, we're looking at a position now where I just can't defend America as the good guy especially with such a corrupt president in the White House. When uh, Barack Obama announced when Congress was on spring break and he was visiting Brazil, he made this famous announcement from Brazil uh, that we were bombing uh, Libya and that he was using the CIA to do it so he didn't need Congress's consent under the War Powers Resolution to use the military. Another interesting constitutional 
uh, question. It was Libya. It was a war we could afford to lose, and it was one that wasn't going to fight back. But your point is very well taken. We are insane uh, to take on a military uh, as powerful as Russia, and particularly insane to take on uh, Vladimir Putin, whose approval rating amongst Russians is through the roof, and whose economy, notwithstanding Joe's efforts to uh, suppress it via his unconstitutional and illegal and immoral uh, sanctions, is not suffering at all. I want to switch gears to something to which you alluded, because I know uh, from watching your uh, shows, both shows, you have a very interesting take on this. The uh, classified documents found in Joe Biden's garage in his personal study, in his home in uh, Wilmington, in the Penn Biden Center uh, in D.C. What's your take on how they got there and why we found them out? Are these Democrats that want old Joe to go? You know, I thought maybe that was the case in the beginning. But I think the more we're starting to learn about this, I think we're realizing that, no, there's actually some serious trouble there. And maybe the Democrats will kind of use this to get them out if they if they decide that that's what they want, which I think they have decided. They may use this card to, to eventually yank him from running again. But no, I think this is a real problem for Joe Biden. And I think the Democrat Party knows this. In fact, I think they may have known this for a while, actually, Judge. I think maybe they've known this for a while, even before the documents were first discovered in November, just days before the midterms. I think maybe Saki knew this was coming. Uh, I think maybe others in the Democrat Party knew this was coming. And so take that how you want. But I think as more comes out, we're starting to learn this, especially with some individuals at the FBI who yeah. you know, call it co cosmic karma when they're over there playing tiddlywinks, trying to figure out a way to make Trump-Russia collusion a real thing. They end up stumbling upon Joe Biden Ukrainian business specials. You know, and so I, I, these I, things. I, I rolled my eyes when you said FBI because the FBI was kind enough to leak that of the 360 documents found in Mar a Lago, 60 were NDI, National Defense uh, Information, which is the highest category uh, of secrets that we have. And they were kind enough to leak that they didn't find anything in the last search of uh, of Joe's house. How sweet of them. They're really the best leakers in the world. Owen, we got to go. The two shows are The War Room with Owen Schroyer on InfoWars. Boy, there's a lot of young people that are very jealous of you, not so much because of your skills, but because you get to work with Alex Jones. And the other show is Owen Schroyer Live. You were, you were gracious enough to have me on. We'll do this again. And uh, watch out for all that snow, will you? I'll try my best, and it's an honor to be on with you, Judge, just as much as it is to work with Alex. Thank you. Thank you, Owen. Uh, Judge Napolitano for Judging Freedom.